can start. All right, thanks for coming, everyone. Um, can you hear me okay? Yes. All right. What? Uh, what? <laughs> oh. Are we starting already? Um, <laughs> my name's Robin. I'm the host of the Ink Studs radio show out of Vancouver, a comics podcast where I interview various cartoonists and comic king folks. Uh, my guest right now is Bill. Now, you're going to have to tell me how to pronounce it, Bill. Bill. Get <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. We're good. Just Bill? No, it's, um, it's pronounced... Here I am with, with a butterscotch in my mouth. <laughs> it's uh, pronounced Sinkevich, um, accent on the second syllable. So, yeah, no, I knew that the cabbage part because of service. Mm, yes. I, I should thank Dave and curse him to, to, to dying <laughs> Dave. So. But, uh, yeah. Um, but people will ask me how it's pronounced, and even within my own family. When I was growing up, it was pronounced differently. The women in, in the family pronounced it Sinkowitz. I don't know, because, and the, the men, maybe because it sounded like more aggressive to say Sinkevich. Um, I just decided I would ask my grandfather, because he was a coal miner, he came from Poland, and I said, you know, dude. <laughs> well, that, I, I think it's, you know, that's Polish for grandpa. <laughs> um, I asked him about it, and he said it was Sinkevich. Because actually, it, and when I was in art school, the idea of actually going out and, and having, because I had been teased mercilessly with that name, and plus since my middle name is Felix, as in the cat, I mean, I didn't have enough of a reason to get like in fights in school, <laughs> but like, you know, my middle name, now I kind of feel like it fits. It's like, it's perfect. It's like Felix the cat, you know, and, and all that other stuff. But, um, so I think with my entire name, I think I have all but like nine letters. But the idea of actually shortening my name is one thing I did consider before I got into comics, like to Sink, or even to like Smith. I was really jealous. One of my best friends was named Adamovich, and his nickname was A to Z, and I and I was like oh, S to Z. That doesn't, you know, it's like that doesn't quite cut it. So, so I figured I, for better or worse, I'm throwing it out there as this is who I am. I'm proud of, you know, my heritage, because there was the whole thing of, of you know, the the. The, the unenlightened years that I grew up in, in terms of, uh, you know, the dumb Pollock stuff. So I, it was, it sort of made me want to really be good in school, you know, and things like that. So anyway, enough of that. So <laughs> it's Sinkevich, and it, it's Bile, Bile, not Bill. <laughs> <laughs> I am recording this just so you all <laughs> yeah. can refer to that if anyone questions that. Um, now, we were kind of yakking on our way down here to the panel, and one thing that really struck me is you're talking about Daredevil and just as knowledge of all the characters and stuff. Were you always really in tune to comics, even as a young man? Yeah, um, I, I I can't remember a time when I didn't have comics in my life or periphery or my, my awareness. I almost feel like um, I just picture, you know, like drawing panels in my mother's womb, you know, it's like just, you know, it's like to be continued, you know, and then like, see you later. But it was like um, a kind of uh, something that, that chose me. I don't really think I chose comics. I always loved them and I was doing drawings on the walls like kids do. And, um, and then I, in grammar school, I remember the first drawing I ever did in kindergarten, um, we had to do, and again, talk about politically incorrect, um, Eskimos. So I did a drawing of a, of a you know figure in a, an anorak, you know, with a fur coat and a fur collar and, and face, you know, puffy thing, and, and boots. And all my friends said, "Well, how'd you, you know, how'd you do that?" And I thought I could draw. 
because I uh, so I looked at everybody else's stuff and and I said this is a very cool deal. It's a very cool. I mean, it was like because it was just uh, it just came so easy. But and that's relative. Saying it came easy, I um, mean, it's been hell. It's been hell, you know, trying to improve and get better. But I but when you find something that you really love, you know, to go after it. So yeah, I, I've always loved comics, and um, uh, I have to admit there have been some times <laughs> that I've dropped out of the reading of them because I've been doing them. And there's also things that that certain phases that comics went through that I sort of dropped out. But I try to keep up as much as possible. It's a little difficult because of, of um, I mean, it just there's just so much stuff out there. But it's a lot of it's great, great stuff. I was curious, um, one of the things that really excites me about your work is the kind of really idiosyncratic style that you have, and it's really unique in particular. And then looking at your early work, it's more kind of straight ahead, kind of of the era. And I wonder if you can talk a little bit about, you said it's easy, but I'm figuring style doesn't exactly come easy, and maybe that development well, of style. Well, um, when I say easy, what I meant was it's, it, to have the knack for something, it's, it's like saying that someone can play a musical instrument or sing. Um, means you might have been born with a certain gift or whatever, but you still have to develop it. And I mean, there are people I, I know and I went to art school with who were phenomenally talented painters, just never, like kind of never left the attic and never made that step into committing to it in that way. So, um, excuse me. So I think t for me, the idea of actually creating something is really more about persistence, you know, and showing up than anything. Um, if you do anything for a long period of time and you do a lot of it, you're going to get you're going to get better. It's like it's not really rocket science. Not even rocket science is rocket science. <laughs> anyway, um, so uh, yeah, the idea of um, what was your question? Style, <laughs> development of style. Uh, yeah, it's. I had always drawn comics in you know for my friends in grammar school, and then. When I was in art school, I sort of dropped the, out of the comic scene, and I started to follow painters and illustrators, and realized that the, all the drawing I had done, like trying to draw like Neil Adams, who was a big, big influence, um, whose work I sort of hated at first, and as I, I got older, I really came to, to appreciate it, incredibly so, to the point where I wanted to be him. And growing up in a farm country, um, there were no other real people around who went to comics, so, and there was no even really adults who would say, you got to find your own way. Um, it wasn't until I started working on Moon Knight when all, a lot of letters started to say that I was a clone of Neil Adams. And even though Neil was the one who got me into comics, because I went to DC, because uh, I didn't think my stuff was good enough for Marvel. So I went to DC. They weren't hiring, but they, but they called Neil. Neil looked at my stuff. He called up Jim Shooter, who was the editor-in-chief at Marvel at the time, and said, I got a guy, you know, uh, his only problem is he draws like me. And uh, so, <laughs> so uh, Jim, uh, they, get, they offered me Moon Knight, and I didn't know who Moon Knight was. I'd never heard of him. So uh, they said it was Batman, but um, it was basically said, if, if, Mar if DC can't do Batman right, at least Marvel can. That was, I still remember... Al Milgram saying that to me. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I thought I took that as a challenge. Um, and uh, the one thing I really hated was the fact that you couldn't see his face. But later on, when 
when deadlines were an issue, <laughs> that was like so sweet, you know. <laughs> oh, yep, you don't have to draw any expressions here, you know, like slit, slit the eyes or, you know, oh, you're so surprised. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that kind of thing happens, you know, uh, when I went in, and after I, I had been doing a lot of things in my sketchbook and paintings and illustration, and I decided, because I was going to get into comics, I said, well, I think of comics, I think of Neil, so I'll, I sort of put together a portfolio in a month. School was over in May, second year, and I put together the portfolio of about 10, 15 pieces. Um, and then immediately, like, started working professionally. And then, because I thought if they don't hire me, I'll just go back to art school, because I had one year left. So uh, after the, the sort of negativity that came from drawing like Neil, I decided, uh, I looked at all my sketchbooks, and there were so many other things that I had been influenced by, you know, like guys like Robert Rauschenberg or um, abstract expressionists like, like Richard Diebenkorn or Franz Klein. I mean, you know, and, and uh, these are, I mean, we're talking about very, very abstract. Mm -hmm. Plus, and found objects, collaging, uh, even fashion illustration in like the newspaper where, you know, a woman, you know, was elongated, you know, showing, you know, the, the drape of the cloth and the fabric and everything that she's, that she's wearing. And, you know, and the foot is like, you know, you're looking at this this mountain of, of, a, of a female figure that's been elongated in the hair and everything's very simplified. And I said, I want to do that in comics. And nobody said, everybody said, you can't do that. And, I, and to me, I, and I was going to sound really stupid, but I was like, I thought, well, why not? Why not? Because comics are, you know, Gil Kane or John Buscema or whatever, and I couldn't get it into my head, like, why you know, I, there was no real reason. I said, I'm either going to do this the way I'm going to do it, I'm gonna, you know, sink or swim on my own merits, or I'm getting out. I'm just going to go back to school, or I'm going to get into something else. And um, and I'll let you know if it works out. <laughs> so, so dicey. Was there a particular work that you felt like you had hit the style that you wanted you were trying to achieve? Like either comics or within doing the painted work? I don't even know if there's, a, if there's a point of arrival in that way. I think everything is about the journey. I know this sounds sort of like, you know, it's about the journey. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it is kind of like that. There are period, there are certain touchstone pieces that I remember. There are things that, there are pieces I look at that I have no recollection of doing whatsoever, people bring to me. There are other ones that they bring, and it's like, like, it's like seeing an old friend, you know, or like if, I, if it's a child or something, you know. Other ones, it's like where it's like, oh god, I don't want to do <laughs> <laughs> you know. And um, for me, Moon Knight, when I did the Hit It issue, that was the issue that I, I actually plotted that issue because I said I want to do something that feels like music. I wanted it to not be about stories and villains and stuff. I want it to be about emotional stuff and about music and trying to capture a sense of rhythm. And after that came out, I went. I felt okay, I, I feel like I've said everything I want to say with this character. Because after a while, Moon Knight became like the, the host of a TV show. It wasn't really Moon Knight. It was like he was introducing all of these strange characters. It was like doing a group book. So he was, you know, he would sort of just come in at the end and sort of like, you know, punch somebody once and then it's like, you know, and, and that would be it. Almost like a superhero Crypt Keeper. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so... Um, and then when Chris Claremont talked to me about the you know doing the Demon Bear the three the three issues, I think because they Marvel had offered me the X Men which I turned down, and I said they thought I was crazy, 
And I said, that ha what does that have to do with anything? You know, I, 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 you know. <laughs> I'm going to take on a new mutant, so I'm still crazy, okay? Um, I said, I'm gonna do the, I want to do the new mutants. Um, and Chris actually came to me um, and really, really kind of got it going when he said, he gave me the whole, his whole shtick or spiel or concept of the three issues with the demon bear. Literally, we were walking in the hall at Marvel. We sort of met up. He was like, would you be interested in doing... And he told me, and I said, I'm in. And um, I didn't want to work on the X-Men because I didn't want to be have anything that high rate, that high profile. Um, it sounds really odd, but there are what, what happens sometimes, like for example, the New Mutants. When I came on to it and did some of the weird, you know, to, work, to me it wasn't weird. It was like I was trying to trying out a lot of stuff. Um, once it started to be successful, even though there were a number of letters that you know that said "Stop him, Jim!" before he kills again, um, <laughs> eventually, you know, there was a, a pretty positive response to it, and the editors, the editors above the editors, like the sort of like the, the suits, would say things like, "Okay, now that." you know, it's selling well, we want you to uh, kind of like try to bring it back into the fold. So um, we want it to look more like the X-Men or we want it to look more like in this way. And I, you know, you don't really say to somebody in a suit, like, are you a fucking moron? You know? <laughs> it's like, you, you want me to do everything, everything that has gotten this book that was basically not selling well is now selling well because of the changes that, that Chris and I have brought to this. And you want me to stop doing all of that to, and go back to what it was before. And it, it's, it was, it's, like, it's like having a conversation with a cat, you know? <laughs> you know? That, was, that was it. So, so there, like the, there's certain periods. Like every, I feel like everything I've worked on has been a, of, a, of a piece of its own style. So like the demon pair, uh, a, a Moon Knight number twenty six, you know, Moby Dick was a was a joy from start to finish. The Shadow not so much, um, because I had just finished Electra, and I thought I could keep rolling in that direction. And once it was sort of, it, I I feel like it was a little bit of a bait and switch. You know, it's like once I signed the contract, I was like, no no no, you got to do pen and ink, you got to go, do, you got to look like the other stuff. And so I just turned it to a drawing exercise. So the stylistic changes really, to me, have come from partly from trying, wanting to experiment, but also feeling that, and again, it's, I know this is going to sound kind of odd, but I, le I let the characters decide and tell me how they want to be portrayed. I feel like I'm kind of like walking by and they're just like tapping, okay, we, we want you to, I mean, we, this, is a, we're do this is a black and white story, or this is, con this is a con you know, constructivist piece, or this is you know, very lyrical, the watercolor, because it has a, you know, because you can do a drawing of, say if you do a drawing of a beautiful woman, and you do the drawing in um, like a, a, a quill pen, and you do it very florid and, and, and very soft, that will, that will give an impression of the, a beautiful woman also, but done in a beautiful manner. You do a, a, the same drawing, but you do it with like a piece of, of rough, broken charcoal, and you do it jagged, and you can still do, you know, it's obvious that she might still be beautiful, but the emotional context is very different. Um, and so I felt that the mediums and the way that things were put on the page would help. The, like if I had you know, drawn somebody you know, sad, crying, 
Um, but if things, you know, rather than just doing the drawing of somebody crying, it was, I wanted the, the whole thing to feel sad, um, to emphasize it. Mm -hmm. and, I, and that's something I, 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 can't, I can't take any credit for. That's just there. It's just, um, I mean, my face, whenever I would be drawing something, I, I would look, catch myself in the mirror or whatever, and I'd be making like these horrible, you know, like when I used to have broccoli as a kid, you know, <laughs> which I love now. Anyway, so. I was noticing um, at your table there you had your pages, sketches, and then you also have two um, kind of rolls of pens. Mm -hmm. And so, do you kind of just need to have like a lot of tools and just be able to like? Grab oh, I'm and pick I'm and I'm a slob. What What's the studio space? Your studio space look like? Um, well, I've had a number of different ones. The ones that I have now is actually. Um, well, I had it in, in the basement of, of my place, um, but the fire marshal came in and said that, that having, <laughs> you know, flammable things next to paper and things, or it's like somehow it's like combustible or something. <laughs> but, um, but actually, I got, I work in a very weird way right now. I mean, I work standing up if I'm working on a big painting, but I got used to working, um, I work lying down a lot on my stomach, and everything is sort of like like a tsunami that's spread out in front of me, like a, a debris field, you know, of just like everything I need: water, you know, coffee, art supplies, you know, Mars. <laughs> you know. Um, because when I I, um, I had two cats, and I had a little Balinese cat, which is like a Siamese with long fur, and she I. I used to be down in the basement airbrushing, and she'd want to come in, except that I didn't really have like a little kitty respirator, you know? <laughs> and so I just, so she used to want to spend a lot of time with me. She was sort of like, you know, I wasn't like holding up my end of the bargain or something, you know? It's like dogs have families, you know, cats have staffs, you know? <laughs> and um, so I, uh, I figured, well, at least if I'm going to be going to sleep or whatever, late at night I'm a night owl, I can maybe do some inking or something when I'm with her, you know, so she could hang out. Because um, I, I just lo I love animals, and I feel like, you know, I want it to be, I want there to be connection, what can I say? So, um, so it got to the point where I would, I would work, but she'd always want to, like, lie on my chest. So I, I started drawing, like, you know, like this, and she would sneak up and kind of go, like, here. So I'd be, like, working like this, and after the first two minutes of her, like, swatting the pen, she got bored and fell asleep. So I got so used to, like, working with her, like, right here. <laughs> that and it, it it sort of became like this thing. We were it was like like I liked it because her her purring calmed me down and I could just do what I was doing. And so for years we did it. And like now it's like I'm like I look a skunk. Come here. It's like you know what birds. I mean anything. A toaster. You know it's like oh a loaf of bread. Okay, we're cooking. So I've tried to to sort of get away from that. But I also aside from that. The actual having floor space to actually just throw things out and, and, and work on a piece and then stand up and look at it and, you know, if I'm working on a certain large one. So, I mean, I work in all different ways. I mean, I can work sitting at a, dre at a you know, table. I mean, if I were at a convention lying on the floor, you know, <laughs> I think it might, you know, um, I don't know what it would mean. But um, they'd have about five people in green shirts around you, just oh, sure yeah, right. kind of and a couple of people in white coats with you know with nets, yeah. Um, so anyway, so I think I got off your your point, but uh, I apologize. So 
No apologies, please. Oh, okay. Um, there's a couple of particular works that really stand out to me when I kind of look at what you've done over the years. Um, specifically, I'd say the collaborations with Miller, the Daredevil, Love and War, and the Electra Assassin. Uh, the Love and War came first, am I right? Or? It was It was actually simultaneously in some respects. Those, those are kind of like uh, uh, two, two halves of the same coin in a way. Because Frank and I were going to be doing um, Love and War. That actually was going to be the genesis of that was very odd because I, Frank was doing Daredevil, and we were going to do that as a run in Daredevil, with all of the like in black and white, you know, line art with with um, with the kingpin, the way that I had drawn him, which is like some kind of figure out of a, a Chuck Jones cartoon. I wanted to really make him massive, and so I I did about eight pages of pencils and put them in the editor's drawer, and. Uh, we were cooking along. We were just like going with it, and then Shooter came in and said, "We can't publish this. We can't. It, it's too. It's it's too far away from continuity." And um, I mean, and, and it was Chris Claremont who basically, said, "Hey Jim, have you seen these?" <laughs> you know? Chris, my buddy. Um, and uh, so Shooter Shooter actually said, "Look, why don't we just make this a special, like a, a graphic novel?" Because at that time, I mean, graphic novels was sort of in the very infancy of graphic novels. So, um, so I said, okay, if we're going to do it, I'm going to do it painted. I want to do painted, and then he, that was going to be the big project. Frank and I really had high expectations. It was like, oh, we're going to have a lot of fun with this. Why don't we? And Frank said, well, look, while we're doing this, because it's going to take a time, we'll just do, we'll do like an eight issue thing of like a lecture or something, um, and so to have the money like bread and butter while we're working on this big project. And and I said, okay, I want to paint that too. <laughs> and there, there was no painted rate at all. I mean, it was only the the sort of standard comic book style coloring rate, which was like forty dollars a page or something like that. And that was when they had to do coloring with the um, the dyes. Yeah. Yeah, and they would label them like Y two B R three or whatever, any of those things. And, and um, that's a lot of work in its own. Oh yeah, all that you know. But I I said I've got to paint it, and they said, but you know, it's going to take a lot long time. And I said I I have to do this. You know, it's like logic had no part in, in, in a lot of these things. I mean, if you want to look at a, a, a list of, of ten, you know, top ten uh, things that go into making a, a, a choice, uh, reason is like way down, like, you know, it's like a number 18 or something, you know. Uh, it's just I had to do it. I needed to, to get better. I, wanted, I didn't want to be afraid of, of anything. So I felt like I, whenever anything would make me nervous, I would do... I would like it's like turning into a skid, you know. I would run toward it and try to get, you know. It's like what what's the worst that could happen? You know, I'll 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 do some crap paintings, you know. <laughs> it's like I'll, but um, but the idea that because I had felt so free after I finally said okay, I'm going to do this. It was like I'm going to do it. It's like you know, and so I'd hear the editors, and by the time the ed like the editors in chief or the the people the upper echelon people say no, you can't do that. You know, it's too weird. I'd already be like. You know, out the door, ready to leave, because I I would sense it. It was like this spidey sense, you know, <laughs> editors, you know, and bean counters upstairs going like, you know, stop. Oh, he's gone. <laughs> that was that kind of thing. So um, it almost feels like the books like they're kind of two halves to the brain, mm -hmm. with like Love and War being the really calm, collected, and Electro Assassin being the 
the one in its own reality. Well, that one, yeah. It, it Frank's writing on that was uh, was really interesting because I would I would read his scripts on the train from New York back to Connecticut, and I would be cracking up because they were funny. But Frank's writing is very it's very intense and angry and um, and very serious. A lot of what he was writing, you know, about the, the hand and everything else, was very earnest and very, you know, it was bleak, which is sort of like when you look at what he did with uh, Dark But because of, maybe because of how I grew up, I see something that, that's, that, that, that's that bleak, and I gotta, I gotta like puncture, I have to make fun of it. It's like I have a black, like a, like a uh, Terry Gilliam or, uh, you know, David Lynch kind of weird thing to it. So, I, I was like, I took it seriously, but I also kind of felt like, wouldn't it be funny if, like, it was coming out, like the, the idea of Ken Wind. He came about because I just felt like I didn't have the chops to do a, a guy as a politician consistently um, from issue to issue. And then when I, I started to do, the, like, the, the mock-ups for the political posters, um, and I took, like, Male fashion models, like like from catalogs or something, and like Xerox them, like till they do completely destroyed. And then I took two faces and put them together, made the mouth like kind of off kilter, a little bit. And then I, so I had one that was that goofy smile of Ken Wind, and the other one was that sort of grim, you know, it's like we're going to stop them from taking our, our borders, you know, that kind of grim. So and I thought, well, that to me is kind of of a politician. And so when I when I actually stuck the head down the first time, it was one of those like like eureka moments it was like this this could work and it was it was exciting because i really thought like there's no way they're going to let this go through there's it's like it's not going to happen but i got to go with it you know and i and i i did that and it was um it was a really weird period because we would do this stuff and we none of us knew what we had i would walk i would be um i was involved with a, uh, an artist from um who lived uptown and she and i uh you know, she'd go off to do her errands in the day. I would spend most of the day walking through New York with my camera, going to bookstores or galleries or museums. I would get to my studio, um, which was in the same building as, as Howard Chaikin and Walt Simonson and, um, and a couple of other guys. And I'd, I would literally have like a small dinner. And then at the board, I, w it, I would pour out like two pages in a few hours. It would be like this, it would be done. And I'd be like, depleted and it was like that for the entire the entire series and um, so the idea that uh, you know certain things like that when you're kind of like desperate and exploring stuff that there's no right or wrong and, and I just felt like it, it really because I feel like what happens a lot with people who want to draw and paint and I'm as guilty of this as anybody and, and it, it's it's that people concentrate on how it's going to end up the, what the results going to be and that's like saying I'm going to sit down. I'm going to produce a masterpiece today, or I'm going to write a hits. I'm going to write, you know, like Michelle, or like or Stairway to Heaven, or something like that. Um, you you it can you can only do what you can do, and it, it's so. When I did um, Electra, it was we don't know what the hell's going on. You know, we don't know what this is. We haven't seen anything like this before. And and when you're doing something on your own, that like like if you're cooking or you're baking something, and you go I. Wow, I, I I've never baked anything like that before, but it's really it, it tastes okay, you know. And so it, when you're stepping out of your own comfort zone, if that sort of becomes, um, it sort of 
oddly kind of paradoxical. Like you want to be comfortable at being uncomfortable. And um, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of a tightrope. But yeah, uh, the, uh, the only thing that I actually wish I had done with the lecture was I, had I still have the, the, the page. It's the, it's the page from issue one, number one. If you, if you remember what it was, it was the uh, tropical island scene with the clown. I actually had done the version with, through the child's point of view, through Alexa's point of view. And it starts off with, I mean, it's just basically, it's a, a slab of like dark, dark blue with a couple of uh, stars like cut out like a child would do them in a, you know, the, the happy face sun. And it just says, oh wait, I think it was daytime. Because it starts off at night, and the, and it's all like cut crayons and you know drawings, and and I wish I had. I started it off sort of very realistically, and then immediately jumped into the the Electra child point of view. But I thought it would have now. I would have actually wanted to do the actual piece with that original version because I think it actually it's like just let's just jump right in with both feet, and you know I I don't know how people would respond to it, but I wish I had been a little bit more. Um, uh, intent, you know, in, in my intention about doing it. So. It's really interesting because at that point there wasn't a lot of painted comics. Like I think uh, no. Scott Hampton and then there's stuff in the 70s like Corbin and the, the Association, not the Association, the Metal Herlant folks. Right. Um, well, I felt much more... Big learning uh, curve? Um, in the U.S., for the U.S., yeah. I mean, when I first went to, to Europe, I felt like I am, in, I am so in the wrong country. I mean, in the U.S., I'm banging my head against the wall, and and I come here, and it's like, wow, I, I'm home. It's like I was. I really felt like, not that I got it or they got it. It just was a simpatico of language, you know, of of, of perception, of respect. And that was the big thing about how I felt about American comics. Um, I'd always loved comics, and I think everybody in this room has loved comics, and I I I think that. I know for a fact that there was a period, you know, when I would hide them. You know, it's like because you people would look at you and presume like your eye. You know, they look, oh. you know, <laughs> reading comic books. It's like you must guy. be must be disadvantaged. You know? <laughs> it's like um, you know, it's like your IQ plummets slightly. You know, or you're like, um, and I went like, you know, screw that. Like comics are like they're a great storytelling medium, and they're also one of the only mediums that uses both parts of your brain at the same time, or is in pictures. It's like, you, you know, there's a lot going on there. And, but there was, when I first started working for Marvel, I would go out and, and people would ask what I do, and I would tell them, and they, was, they would think I was teasing animals with power tools. I mean, it was like that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I would say, uh, oh, well, actually, I'm, I, I eventually started to say I was, a, I was a pastry chef. And the response I got from that was really, I was like, oh, cool, that is awesome, you know? But um, over the years, I you know I I've you know let it let it go, and um, but the like the Metal Herlant and, and Mobius and, and so many of the Italian European there's a, there's a level of respect that artists there have. They're treated like um, I mean especially in Japan as well. Um, and I said, I don't care if it doesn't happen. I'm going to treat comics with respect, and I and I feel like it can be so much more than. Um, in than how they're perceived, because I, re I remember one big, maybe not a big epiphany, but like an epiphanet or something. <laughs> um, I had, um, after Moon Knight came out, and I'd done a whole bunch of issues, and I remember thinking, well, this isn't comics, it's, 
Gil Kane is comics. Sal Buscema is comics. Alex Toth is comics. It's like, but then I, I I remember that they had the little corner symbol with Moon Knight with his fist up, and it had you know the the comics code, and it had the price, and it said Marvel, and it was and my art was inside. I said, if it's printed, it's got Marvel on it, then it's a comic book, <laughs> and I thought then I'm a comic book. It's like, so, and I, it, it, they printed it, so I did it. You know, it was like that kind of, I sort of like feel like I kind of got in, like, um, from, like, is that old expression of, cor you know, like, d um, not corrupting from the inside, but, you know, definitely making, making a mockery or a mess of things. I like stirring things up. I mean, not intentionally to make anybody upset, but I didn't adhere to what I thought were, were limitations for no absolute reason, it just it, they made no sense. So, you know, it's like uh, it's interesting that you mentioned Toth. Um, I don't know how many folks are familiar with Alex Toth. Passed away about yeah. what five years ago. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, almost a stylistic opposite for you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But um, uh, I had great respect for him. Actually, and he he um, when I first started out, I wish I still had it. Um, he had sent because he would do these really interesting like handwritten notes to everybody and he sent them to Archie Goodwin and he went he was like raving about me <laughs> and I was I a was good like, raving or oh no positive like okay incredibly positive and I wish I still had it because um it's it, it just it's from, from Alex Toth you know it's like one of those things that you you don't ever think is going to happen it's like a becomes a seminal kind of moment of like va uh, validation or something but um uh, it, yeah, but Alex, there's a lot of the simplicity, the abstraction is what I was drawn to, and the um, the less is more. One of the things that I have a problem with, um, like when I was inking Salvi Sema on Spider-Man, the editor said, "Can you ink it like Scott Williams?" And I said, "You really got kind of got the wrong guy," because I mean I love what Scott does, but I can't do. I, there's that multiple of lines. That it's I, I've done that and I sort of feel like I I want to strip things away now and get to the real I still want the drawing to be there but I want to be able to I don't want to have to make it be um, fussy yeah. you know and that's to me and I'm not saying that his work is fussy because I, I mean I look at what what other people do and I am in, in awe and in and, and, uh, have nothing but respect for what anybody does because this is Storytelling this way—it's not—it's—it's—it's it's, it's not an easy thing to do. I mean, it requires time and effort and energy. So anybody who does it, you know, there's always these echelons and, and hierarchies and everything else. To me, that's all just bullshit. It's really—it's like you can do this stuff, man. Major props. It's like go for it, you know. So it's—I I just love it, and I love anybody who d who who commits to doing this because it's a—it's not—it's you know, if anybody's getting into comics for the money, you know. Um, well, <laughs> say no more. You may yeah. want to have a long talk with yeah, yourself. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I, well, the thing is, my, my father wanted me to have a, a real job to fall back on. A lot of the electrical stuff that I put into the artwork, like with the um, toasters and everything else. My father, I used to fix television sets as a kid. Like, go out with a tube tester, you know, when, they had, when everything was before solid state. And, um, and then he wanted me to ha be, uh, you know, have something to fall back on, which I said, uh, no, because if I do, then I'll fall back on it. I made myself completely useless for the for the business world. I absolutely, I set out to be, you know, it's like, you know, working stocking shelves. It's like, you know, 
you walk in the cereal aisle, it's like, you know, I'm putting the Clorox and like every, and the Raid down in the bottom of the, of the cereal aisle. It's like, you know, I think, uh, I think children can reach this here, you know. <laughs> God forbid it should be way up high. You know, it's like... Hard to uh, reach. Yeah, exactly. It makes, yeah. But it was just th the idea of being in a, a business environment where I had to... It's different if you're collaborating or answering to editors or writers or people like that. But um, to be with, to be in a in a situation um, where I had to, you know, wear a tie or something like that uh, every day and sort of fit that mold, it just was not in me. So um, I knew it was either going to be this or or a long, like dismal slide into alcoholism and, and, and uh, <laughs> you know and living on the street. You know. And there were times I'm doing it in comics it was that was pretty damn close. <laughs> so. um, I'm gonna ask one more question then kind of open it up for folks. There's a lot of folks here to see Bill. Um, when you're doing work for yourself for personal work, is it in the same vein as the comics work? Would we go into your studio and see like a painting that's something completely different doing abstract doing? Uh, yeah, I'd have to say, yeah, you would. Um, uh, it's it's sort of like this thing of trying, not necessarily trying to shoehorn everything into comics, but I sort of feel that everything can have a narrative, visually or not. Of um, I've worked in a, a lot of different styles um, because, like I said, the work kind of defines and decides what it wants to be. Uh, the story or whatever. Like I'm, I'm working on a western, which part of me feels is sort of the flip side of Moby Dick, you know, because it, you know, all the it's dry. Of, yeah, it's very dry. And I'm <laughs> thinking of, you know, I've got a lot of images about how I want it to feel, and look, and um, you know, so there's there's that, but there's also, you know, working on pieces that are really not narrative in the sense of panel, 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 panel. But there's another thing I've thought about doing, which is I've, I've been toying with it, because I, I like the idea of painting, and I like the idea of doing really, you know, very intricate drawings. I like the idea of cartooning. I like the idea of of, of playing up and down the scales. It's mm -hmm. like, and just whatever the piece needs to be. So there's a lot of anthology books out there that are done by like ten different people in an issue or eight, eight different people, and they're all they may be about a certain theme, but they're all done in a different style. And I thought, well, I maybe I should do an anthology, but do it all by myself. <laughs> so like I could do a, pa a painted sequence, or I could do a text sequence, and something very sort of um, musical like lyrical and then other something that's completely like like something that's a symphony and then something that's a pop song or something that's a 30 second interstitial for you know for Geico or something it's like that kind of that kind of thing and um, because on any, any given day I, I I don't know if it's because I get bored easily or if it's just because I, I get challenged or I get excited and I think I hope it's more that than, than being bored because to me it, it's like that old bumper sticker you know, a bad day of fishing is better than a good day at work. And to me, I've been doing this for a while. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it's, still, it's still fishing. It's still fishing. It's more than ever. It's like, I just, I love it. And the fact that, um, you know, that you're all here today, it's like, it means, it's like, thank you. My God. It's like, like it's, I know it's going to sound really odd, but like, you know, there's a song called There's No Me Without You. It's like, that's what, it, it, it really, it's that case. It's like, 
I don't think that, sometimes I don't think that creators really kind of, I mean, they appreciate the readers and the, and the fans and, and people who are into their work or respond to it. But it's really, I don't, I was thinking about this, that trying to actually, you know, explain it beyond simply an appreciation. It's, it's like, I, if I'm drawing something and I and there's and I set it out and, and and then people will have a response to it, it it sort of completes a circuit. Mm -hmm. It's like I'm not alone and 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 then the response comes back and it in, informs me to do so. so. It's like it's to me it's like a, the best of all possible you know when you talk about like there's parasites and symbi symbiotes and then there's like co you know connection to me that's what this is really uh, what it's really about it's not like um, you know like fans and, and art or actor or whatever like I've seen how some people treat you know people um, and it's it's to me it's just unusual because it's 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 all kind of of a, of a a one, it's a single it's unit. It's a really kind of egalitarian. Absolutely, grouping. absolutely, yeah. And uh, it's like, so the, we're like even saying appre appreciation doesn't begin to even come close to what, you know, I mean, it's like, thank you. I mean, it's like it's beyond, you know, it's beyond like even that level of, of, um, of gratitude. So, so thank you, all of you. On that note, how about we have some questions? Right in front. Um, one, one thing, I guess two things quickly. One is what what's what became of the original art for Electra Assassin, and if it's within some of it's within your control, would there be any opportunity for some the public to see it in some way? They could it's sort of like it's like the difference between seeing Van Gogh on the flat screen and seeing the person. We can see the depth, the layering of collage, and everything that he brought to the each page. Uh -huh. Is that a possibility? Um, it, you know, that's a good question. I think it might be. Um, years ago, I I had had offers to um, break up. The, the issues in the series, but I never did. And Kevin Eastman, uh, when the Turtles hit, bought everything from Electra. <laughs> he bought the entire the entire run, and um, and I think he also bought like Moby Dick and a couple of other like, things. Then he s sort of sold everything. He canceled. Um, and I think it sort of went out on the on the market. You know, um, I believe. He still has the poster that was done, but the entire first issue, from what I'm, I recall, or from what I've heard through the grapevine, um, is owned by um, a producer and writer who used to work for Seinfeld. He's a big comic fan. So, um, and I think the same guy has a lot of my earlier big pieces that I did for New Mutants with like the, um, I mean, it would be nice to see them again, you know, but I, I don't know. I mean, one of the things I'd always hoped was that the stuff could be shown in a gallery because there was a lot of. I mean, there were pieces that do, things that don't show up. Like I, I had electric like kind of going to pieces, and I literally cut up the drawing and then sewed sewed them all together. Um, and you know, I could have if you could look at it, you can go like, well, he just drew the thread. But no, I I needed to to really sew it. So it's that kind of kind of thing. But I I, I would like that very much. You know, my, my second question briefly was. Um, you know, lots of written. You've talked quite a bit about other artists and other um, and illustrators have influenced you. I was curious on the music side how how you, you, you mentioned it a few times and it's cropped up a bit in some of your work. 
how how your your interest in music and your taste in music have influenced you over the years, and maybe have influenced your aesthetic as you you've been in the mindset for certain projects. Um, well, the music, my musical taste is is probably about as eclectic as as um, as some of the artistic things I've done. Um, I mean, I've listened to everybody from, you know, I mean, of course, you know, Led Zeppelin, the Beatles, and rock and roll when I, you know, when I was growing up, and and I still think that, uh, you know, Plant is is genius. I think he's, you know, his choice of, of uh, subject and how he how he captures things, you know, um, but also, um, you know, Laurie Anderson and and um, you know Brian Eno and and uh, you know. A lot of jazz. I was listening to a lot. I mean, everybody from Billie Holiday to Thelonious Monk to, to, you know, Robert Johnson. I mean, it, it's just, it really depends. And when I was stealing the Hendrix book, I listened to Hendrix and then I couldn't. I just had to stop because it, it got to be painful. Um, you know, hearing all, all this beautiful stuff. And then I, then I would just listen to soundtracks. I would, or orchestral pieces from, um, you know, Penderecki or, uh, um, you know Mozart and uh, the Schub and Schubert as well. I mean, just just to just to mess, you know mix it all up. So, uh, but I find that when I get into a painting motif or, or or arena of painting, I find that the one consistent thing that is that runs through all of the music is that it's um, there's a mantra quality to it, where the hook. Or whatever that re that repeats, maybe bars and bars and bars and movements apart, but it will always like a leitmotif. It will come back around to it, and to me, that's it's it's all about that kind of circuitry and and com completing a cycle that you know that it's like br it's like breathing or like breathing underwater, like an extended you know breath, and that that sort of keeps the flow going. So Parasite here, thank you so much <laughs> for food off of this for so long. So two quick ones. What's an example of one of the pieces you've done lying on your stomach that might be better known, even if it was like a starter study? Well, that's a good question. Um, well, let's see. Um, well, actually, uh, there's there's a couple. That I think several of, uh, if, if you've seen the Widening Gyre covers that I did with Kevin um, that uh, th th that was I think all of those were done that way. That's great. And uh, s uh, bringing up Alex Toth earlier, um, your Venture Brothers collaboration uh, mm -hmm. felt like oh this is what it would look like if if Sienkiewicz had actually painted Alex Toth work. So uh, well, that's one of the things I actually want. I'm I'm interested in in pursuing more in like the next step of things I want to do. I mean, I, I, it, it all, it still feels brand new to me, and I still feel like there's things I want to try and do, and um, as nervous as, it, you know, it's like that you kind of become a, a prisoner of, of what people see, or you're, you know, like, uh, I know Alex uh, Ross, like, we want to try certain things, but I think that, like, if he does something else, it's like, well, that's not Alex Ross. It's like, it's, you know, it's different. And um, and I should be used to that, but um, after a certain point, it's like I, I didn't want to think about like pushing stuff. I just wanted to do what I wanted to do. So it was it, I didn't I didn't want that other aspect of the of the weight attached to it. Um, so, uh, but that's 
the idea of simply having fun. I think that when Frank got kicked in the teeth by um, what happened with RoboCop, um, and he went back and started doing Sin City. Sin City was sort of his, I think in his way, uh, a licking of the wounds, you know, and just falling back and doing stuff that he, he want, really wanted to do for himself. And of course, you know, if you're being really true to yourself, I mean, the the, the honesty sort of caught the attention of Rodriguez and, and you know, went from there. So, um, so yeah, I sort of feel like I'd like to try a lot of, a lot of things that, that um, I've loved, but I haven't really kind of, I've done little drawings for myself, but I haven't done any kind of like, okay, I want to do a, something that's printed in this style. You know, it's like I, I have like 50, 60 sketchbooks of stuff that's just all kinds of, like when I would do work on animated series, my work got very painterly and very serious. When I would do something that's very serious and dark, my work got really goofy in the sketchbook. So it was like kind of keeping that, that yin Balance. and yang, yeah. So, I but think anyway. I think we got our time there. Oh, one. One quick question. Yeah. So, uh, you know, all the stuff, it sounds kind of weird to say that you're very hands-on, but it sounds like everything you do is, you know, you've got all kinds of things going into it. Have you tried or have you made a transition onto the computer? Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I do a lot. Of, I've been working with the computer since they first came out. I, since I, you know, I started with, with a Mac and, you know, I've had Photoshop since Photoshop started. And I, 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 for a while, when I was doing stuff, stuff just just digitally, I thought I'll never have to draw again or paint again uh, on, um, you know, on paper. And after about six months, I really started to miss getting my hands dirty, and I missed the texture, the texture, and I also missed having something tangible at the end of the day. You know, when you're dealing with ones and zeros and and light emitting, you know, phosphors on screen, and uh, you know that, but there's no there there. That to me is, you know, just didn't sit well with me. And I, and I realized, I mean, it's actually painting, airbrushing a motorcycle for Marvel, the Ghost Rider motorcycle years ago. And uh, so I had, in my studio, I had the fenders and the gas tank and everything that I was doing, you know, demons and things on it and, and you know, flames. And I remember airbrushing and the airbrush spit out like this, like blob of black paint and it just, you know, spatter and it's air and it's acrylic, so it's going to dry very quickly. And in my head, I went Command Z, you know, undo. <laughs> <laughs> and I went, okay, uh, this is too much. It's like you know, it's like Command Z in the real world is alcohol and, and a rag, you know. And it's, like, uh, it's okay, I don't want to, ever, you know. And that it was, I you know, I laughed and thought I was a complete idiot, but it, it certainly, I certainly paid attention. <laughs> so anyway, thank you. So we are we uh, yeah. Any more? Thank you okay. so much, Bill. My pleasure. Thank you so much, everybody. <laughs>